African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's 11 o'clock Central African time. Once again, thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa. This is where you get the African perspective. You with me for the next hour. I'm Benjamin Mushatama. Thank you for joining us on the shortwave frequency 7230 kilohertz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa. If you're listening to us on DSTV, we are on uh, Channel 802 that's 802 on the audio bouquet and you can also find us on our website on www.channelafrica.co.za well today we're going to be looking at this very interesting story it was a big uh, online story it was all over social media actually ethiopia's parliament has approved senior diplomat uh, saleh Wakazudi as the country's first uh, female president ethiopia's decision to appoint saleh Wakazudi is uh, the country's First, uh, uh, as the country's first uh, president and uh, female president at that was largely welcomed by the continent and also it was applauded internationally. The appointment makes her the only serving female president in Africa. Although the president's post is a ceremonial one in Ethiopia, the current uh, prime minister is the one who's still the head of state and holds executive powers. Well, to elaborate on this very interesting story, we joined on the line by Coletta Wanjohi, who's Channel Africa's correspondent. And we have Omar Ridi, who is a political analyst, joining us on the line. Coletta, thank you for giving us your time. And it's great to be talking to you. Uh, I think this is the first time we chat. Uh, so it's great to have you here on African Dialogue. Coletta, why do you think this made such a big story? I mean, this is only a ceremonial position that's given to uh, the lady. Uh, why do you think it just caught international attention? Hey, Benjamin, thank you very much for having me on the program. Well, for uh, for Ethiopia, it's not any other appointment. It's an appointment of the first of its kind. Because we're seeing now the, the new prime minister who came into power in April putting in a lot of effort, especially from experienced people, and in this case, women. If you look at uh, Saleh, Saleh Zaudi's work, he's, she is 68 years old, but with a lot of uh, diplomatic experience, experience of working with other countries beyond Ethiopia. So for Ethiopia, it's also important because um, basically in the society, women have not been known to be decision makers. But now here we are seeing a very top decision maker. Despite the fact that she's just going to be ceremonial, she's going to be pushing things. And we have already seen a lot of uh, trust that the Prime Minister is giving uh, Madame Saleh because recently she was uh, sent to South Sudan to, to be part of the South Sudan Peace Day. So this is a, a, a significant of, uh, in terms of uh, showing trust from the current administration to the woman. It has given a lot of energy to many women because remember, Sally is just... I think I'm losing you there. I think I'm losing you there. I'm not quite sure what's going on with that particular line. I don't know if you're still there with me. Colette, are you there? I'm here, I'm here. Okay, you you can continue. I think we had just a disruption with our other line, but you can continue. 
Okay, so, sorry about that. But uh, what we're saying is for Ethiopia, Saleh is just part of the many, uh, many women of high caliber that the Prime Minister has put up. And what the Prime Minister is trying to say is that women like Saleh and many others, we know in the cabinet there are now 10 women and 10 men. So the Prime Minister is trying to project the fact that women can now be leaders in Ethiopia. Something that is not really something really openly acceptable to society, but it is a plus for Ethiopia. That's why Saleh's appointment, though ceremonial, really carries a lot of weight. Well, very interesting. Let me see if I can bring Omer Ridi into the conversation. Do you think this is more of a symbolic position, uh, Omer, or do you think that uh, we are seeing strides in terms of govern- governance and in terms of women involvement in that regard? I know just recently Ethiopia's uh, MPs also appointed Mieza Ashenafi in the uh, Federal High Court. So that's also interesting to see uh, those uh, trends happening in the country. Uh, no, Sorry, that, sure, I can hear you briefly. You can, for sure, I was asking that question to you, Omir. Oh, Omir, we struggle with that particular line. I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and see if we can sort out that line. It's not really great. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg, right here in South Africa. I'm Asanda Beda, your host. Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, it's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and, and, <laughs> okay. and do my part and do it really, really well. Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it's one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1,000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1,000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me Awurengwi C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. 
Humanity, Women in Unity with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements. The voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa where you get the African perspective. This is African Dialogue. Thank you for joining us. We come to you every Monday to Thursday at 11 o'clock Central African time. Well, we're going to be looking at this particular story today, which is very interesting because it actually was uh, a story that actually zoomed into, uh, you know, the issue of uh, women in governance. And uh, there was a lot of celebration when uh, this lady, uh, Saleh, was Judy was actually appointed as the president of the Republic of Ethiopia. But while we start trying to get Omir Redi back on the line, um, let's continue this conversation with Coletta Wanjohi. In terms of, uh, you know, what's interesting is seeing that uh, during uh, the Prime Minister's reshuffle, he also appointed 10 women ministers, as, you, as you've highlighted. Why are we seeing this dynamic and this gender focus in his style of governance? Benjamin, uh, the Prime Minister is trying to make reforms in the country. When he was a, when he came into power in, uh, in April, in his maiden speech, he said there would be changes, changes that Ethiopia has never che- has never seen, and changes that people should be prepared to adopt. And now, in, as part of his reforms, he might have realized that he needs to tap into a potential that has that wasn't tapped for the past 27 years when a different uh, a different administration was in rule. So now we are seeing this as part of his reforms, and part of that. Is recognizing the power of women. He's not putting up women to, I mean, to, to be to be rulers, to be decision makers. Because I mean, uh, people would tell. It's not because I'm a woman, Benjamin, but people would tell you women are loyal. I mean, if you talk to the street, I mean, the people in the street, uh, they take as well. Oh, well, I think we're having some gremlins today and a lot of surprises on a live program. We're having a bit of disconnection with our lines there. See that we've lost Coletta a bit. Let me see if I can get Coletta back. Coletta, are you still there? No, I think I've lost uh, Coletta there. But let me just give you a backdrop of uh, Mrs. Sali Worker's you know, experience uh, because uh, she was uh, very much uh, central in terms of diplomatic work in Ethiopia. She served as an ambassador for Ethiopia in Senegal and uh, Djibouti. She has also held a number of uh, UN positions, including head of peace building in the Central African Republic. Also, we know that uh, she's been very central in doing work as a, representat- a representative of the United Nations, and uh, uh, that was in the context of working in, at the African Union and also she's been very much central in terms of uh, now we're going to see her actually pushing some form of reforms and assisting the current president in the country and uh, we'll see how his relationship with with uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed actually works because it's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic in this regard but hey let's take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. Attention to our listeners. The first hour of Africa Digest will not be broadcast on Channel 802 on the DSTV audio bouquet. 
the 1700 hours show will only be found on shortwave and online on www.channelafrica.co.za please note that this only applies to the 1700 hours central african time show the 1900 hours central african time program will be back on all the platforms channel africa giving you an african perspective Swiss chocolate wouldn't be Swiss chocolate without African cocoa. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you think about it that way because you realize just how important Africa is to the global economy. And as long as we are deemed to be inferior by the community out there, nothing's ever going to change. I believe it was one of the uh, ancient Greek philosophers who said that when we teach, we'll learn twice. Hello, Africa. Welcome to 1,000 African Voices on Channel Africa. 1,000 African Voices every Saturday morning at 9am with repeats on Sundays between 10 and 11 as well as on Monday morning between 3 and 4 Central African Time 1000 African Voices with me Aburengui C on Channel Africa the voice of the African Renaissance from an African perspective I'm an actress, I'm a motivational speaker, born with albinism. Um, the nurse first asked my mother, is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happening now. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times, Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time, and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time, Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report. An enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Hey, it's 23 minutes past 11 o'clock. Thank you for joining us here right here on African Dialogue. Well, today we have been struggling a little bit with our lines, so we'd like to apologize to you as the listener. But uh, let's see if we can connect again with Coletta Wanjohi as we look at this very interesting story on uh, the uh, uh, the changes of the gender dynamics within Ethiopia's government. Uh, Coletta, are you there? I think we have gremlins in our system, but it's good to have you back. Can you hear me clearly from your side? I can hear you clearly. Sorry, very sorry for the technical hitch. I know it's not your fault. I think it's because it's to country <laughs> to country um, calls, but it's all right. We'll still forge on in this particular conversation. But I, I wanted to get your context as well, especially in terms of what you were highlighting in terms of seeing these gender shifts in Ethiopia's government. You were highlighting the reasons behind that, and it was very interesting what you were citing in terms of uh, it's not just about a gender issue, but because because you get a lot of women in Ethiopia who have been playing a role in governance and also in uh, diplomacy work. Yes, exactly. Uh, what I was trying to say is, uh, is that uh, the Prime Minister kind of, I mean, kind of realized that there needs to be a change in terms of implementation. 
the previous government, like I said, had a lot of uh, male-led leadership that probably put the, the government into confusion what we're seeing now with time. So he's looking at reforms, and with the reforms, he's looking at new faces. He's looking at a new way of implementing his reforms, which are very ambitious. And with that, he has realized he needs to bring in a lot of um, international or uh, international talent, international expertise that has remained untapped, international expertise that was that remained in Ethiopians who really worked very well, who got a lot of expertise, but remained in the international community or international organizations. A uh, case in point is, that, is, our, is, our, is our new um, Adam Saleh, our new president, who has worked in the UN for, for long. He has been, she has been in the diplomatic missions for long. For example, if you look at her track record, I mean, record, in 1989, she was ambassador to Senegal and later went to Djibouti. Then she was later an ambassador to France. Then she studied in France, I mean, in France. But we also see that uh, much later she went higher and was the special representative of the, of the UN Secretary General to the African Union. She also headed the UN Nairobi office and uh, was an undersecretary, I mean, undersecretary general there. Mm. I mean, all these, the Prime Minister has looked around and said, we need to tap this into. And also, if you look at the Chief Justice, the Chief Justice has been working for the United Nations, was a high court judge before in Ethiopia, but then went to the United Nations. So he's pulling this back, but with a female uh, agenda in question. Well, let me see if I can bring in Omir ready and see if his line is a bit better. Omir, are you there? Can you hear me clearly on your side? Sorry? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me, Omir? Yes, yes, I can hear you now. Fantastic. Now, we were talking with Coletta, our Channel Africa correspondent, around the uh, the sh- changes that we're seeing in Ethiopia's government. And uh, she was citing that we're not just seeing more women in governance just because of a gender issue, but because of the fact that women have held uh, a lot of diplomatic uh, roles from a continental stage and also within the country. And uh, this shift is nothing new. It's just now we're seeing them being incorporated in governance, Omir. Thank you for having me and apologies for the for the interaction with the line. It, uh, it's not a good thing in the network. Uh, if I get your question correctly, uh, I think you said uh, whether the government is now, the new administration is bringing in women just for the sake of uh, gender parity mm-hmm. or uh, whether they are uh, make make so, so, yeah. My my view on this is uh, essentially what is happening uh, with the government with Ethiopia is a continuation of the change and the major transformation in the country. Uh, you can I can mention uh, examples uh, from the female. Officials that have been brought in. One is uh, two of them actually many collector nations. One is the chief justice and the other one the president. These are uh, high-caliber uh, women professionals uh, acclaimed in their areas. Uh, the president is a veteran diplomat, and uh, chief justice uh, is uh, a, a very well-known, famous uh, gender activist and a lawyer. And actually, civil uh, rights activists at the same time. Uh, and so, this tells me, in my view, that the reform, the change in Ethiopia, is uh, moving from one state to another, getting through an irreversible uh, stage. Uh, the two 
key important things about the chief, bringing in the 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 mother, the mother the chief person, uh, are one, uh, she is not from the ruling party. So mm-hmm. it's a departure from the party, from the party sure, sure. Uh, of what the ruling party has done, uh, bringing into people into the justice system, uh, people who are loyal to the, to the ruling party, mm. so essentially who are not uh, up to the task. Uh, so this uh, new chief justice is not part of the ruling party. She has a track record uh, of actually uh, challenging uh, authorities previously. And on mm. top of that, uh, she uh, a, a very much experienced and uh, independent and, you know, on her own. One of the, the things that the government uses uh, to, uh, to manipulate uh, judges in the past was economic benefits. So she comes from a very good uh, background economically. So she is not... Uh, that kind of uh, judge you that the government can easily manipulate. So this tells me that the first most important thing is the government, the new administration, needs uh, business when they say mm. uh, they want to reform the justice system. Uh, mm. What we heard recently with the, from the attorney general about what the human rights violations and the crimes against humanity. Uh, committed in Ethiopia over the past 20 plus years are beyond imagination. There are so uh, gruesome details, uh, many gruesome details coming. Mm. Just the same day or so uh, this was uh, announced by the Attorney General, uh, the, the Chief Justice and her deputy were on a visit on um, the commercial countries at uh, high security prison. In, uh, visiting including one of the regional uh, the regional uh, chiefs, uh, the Somali region administrator, who was uh, apprehended uh, a few months ago for more of a similar crash, uh, accused of similar uh, crash. So she spoke to the, the, the prisoners, uh, the, including him, and she wanted to see the situation firsthand, and that is the first step to improving the, the, the situation. So. It has me very many business. When it comes sure. to the president, mm. the Ethiopian presidential the president portfolio has always been, a, you know, a ceremonial position. Uh, the, the, the predecessors of Salah uh, Zedi didn't have that much of that much of uh, influence, sure. any political influence. Mm. And immediately, the predecessor, however, uh, had a little bit more, uh, you know, presence. So, a little bit uh, yeah. more influence mm. than he included process. So, mm. in, uh, her coming to the president's office, to the presidential palace, means a continuation of the, that expanding profile uh, of the presidential uh, position of the Ethiopian uh, government. All right. In what I see is the prime minister trying to also use the leverage of the, the president, yeah. uh, the president's office, to push for uh, the reforms mm. uh, in case he faces challenge with the, mm. within the ruling party. Sure. He uses the, the, the diplomatic caliber mm. of the president uh, to bring in pressure on the ruling party, on the government, to accept these reforms. So what I see with, with this change is that the government needs business.
Well, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back to both of you after the break as we're about to wrap up the conversation. I'd like us to look at some of the challenges, the real challenges that have to uh, really affect women and young girls in uh, Ethiopia. Do you think uh, these women will actually be able to tackle these challenges? I mean, we're talking about Ethiopia still faces issues such as child marriage, uh, female genital mutilation. Uh, Will these be prioritized in the country? We'll deal with what the agenda will be, especially from a sociological perspective uh, looking at uh, just the different gender dynamics that we are seeing in Ethiopia but we're going to take a quick break it's 11.32 Central African time we'll be back after this Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We are coming to you from Johannesburg right here in South Africa I'm Asanda Beda, your host Change Your Game, the program that promotes open discussion and social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the African entrepreneurship ecosystem. Trevor Mumba now joins us in studio to talk about his entrepreneurial and personal journey. Welcome to Change Your Game, Trevor. Thank you so much. Um, It's an honor to be here. Palesa Mukubong, who's a designer. Welcome, Palesa, to Change Your Game. Thank you. Your role at the fourth annual Fashion Without Borders event? I just know that I need to arrive and and, (laughs) and do my part and do it really, really well. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. It's 11.33 Central African time. Thank you for being with me, Benjamin Mushatama, for this hour. If you just joined us, we have on the line our fantastic correspondent joining us uh, uh, on this particular program, and that's Coletta Wanjohi. We also have Omir Reddy, who is a political analyst, looking at uh, just looking the great uh, appointments of women within uh, um, the government structures of Ethiopia. We know what made headlines was uh, the first ever female president of the Republic of Ethiopia, Mrs. Saleh Wakzudi. Well, let me come back to you, Coletta. As I highlighted before the break, you know, uh, when you look at Ethiopia, uh, when it looks at the gender parity issues, especially on the ground, they don't look good, especially when you look at the challenge of child marriage, the big issue of female genital mutilation. How do you think this composition of women within governance could actually uh, help assist with this reputation that Ethiopia has, which is usually comes out not in such a good way most of the time. Well, Benjamin, um, it is true. The Prime Minister is trying to put a good face as far as gender parity is concerned, empowering the women and the culture is concerned. There are still underlying challenges. Um, one big link uh, in Ethiopia, as in many of our African countries, I would say, society setup. The setup is in such a way that the woman or the child belongs to the kitchen, belongs to mission, belongs to and that all round. So at the end of the day, as the girl grows up, because the society demands that she takes a certain role, then we don't mm. see very many women coming up in political position, mm. economic positions. Of course, with educational and empowerment and women striving to get out there, then we are seeing a, a gradual change in Ethiopia. Child marriage is still a big issue. If you go to the uh, to the rural areas, women, uh, the society demands that they should be married once they start showing signs, you know, despite the fact that they are not of age. And here, kind of puts the woman up the girl child down. So there is a lot. Uh, the, the the prime minister is doing a lot up here in the scene in administration positions. But we also know there is an effort under the different ministries to reach out to the girl child 
down in the village because it is the foundation that matters. Once you empower that girl child with education, with a different uh, attitude that... Oh, I lost uh, Coletta there once again. Let's see if we can wrap up the conversation with Omir. In terms of those challenges we've been citing, we know that Ethiopia has that patriarchal uh, tradition, Omir, and we, as was emphasized by Coletta, the problems of child marriage and uh, uh, female uh, genital mutilation is a big challenge in the country. Uh, do you think this can actually create a shift having a woman in positions of power in the country to deal with some of these issues? Um, yeah, I, I, I think the point is the challenge uh, this uh, new uh, women here may face is that the reality on the ground, including child marriage, female uh, mutilation, mm-hmm. and things uh, here. I would say, uh, adding to what Coletta has already said, I would say it will change a lot of things. Uh, for uh, women and girls uh, in terms of education, uh, in terms of health, in terms of, uh, you know, economic empowerment and everything. Uh, this is uh, mainly because uh, most of, uh, a, a, a couple of uh, new uh, women leaders are already known uh, activists gender activists. They, they have been, for example, the chief justice have been, have been fighting for uh, all these causes for so many years. We already, we already know that. Uh, in addition to that, what I would uh, highlight uh, are two things. One is uh, as a challenge, as a matter of challenge, I would highlight this the following points. One is uh, there is um, high expectation among uh, the female population, not mm-hmm. only the female population, sure. the entire population, uh, for these women leaders to bring tangible change. Uh, so this this could be uh, one one uh, you know present challenge for them. So the so they are expected to bring results quickly. The other thing is, European uh, government has is known for promising a lot of things. Uh, in the past, for changing the country dramatically, for being pro poor, for empowering women, and you know they promised a lot, they promised a lot of things, and they didn't deliver on their promises before. So the other challenge I would, uh, I would say is they have to uh, prove that they are different from the previous uh, model. You know they are following a different model than the previous one by actually delivering what they promised in terms of uh, women empowerment, improving life to, to, to girls, and particularly in rural Ethiopia, and or in, in, in ensuring economic uh, empowerment and all addressing all the, the issues of Ethiopian girls mm. and, uh, and women. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time there, Omir. And uh, yes, thank you for being patient, especially with that line. I know it's not easy for us to connect from South Africa to uh, Addis Ababa, but thank you for your patience and helping us with this topic. Thank you for having me on this program. 
Fantastic. And a thank you as well to Coletta Wanjohi, who was also joining us from Addis Ababa. We just struggled with those lines today, and we'll try much better next time to see if we can find maybe an alternative way. But uh, thank you also for being patient and listening to this fantastic story. Well, what do you think of it? Remember, we want you to actually give us your thoughts on our social media. Uh, remember, you can uh, give us uh, your thoughts and join the family on Channel Africa at Channel Africa One. Uh, that's at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. And also you can find our Facebook page simply titled Channel Africa. That's it, simply titled Channel Africa. Well, let's have some music right now just to take a break before we get our business news. This one is titled Black Ivory Soul by Angelique Kijo.